Our passage this morning is from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the, to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is God's word for us today. You may be seated. During this season of Advent, we look forward to the coming of the light of our Savior, Jesus. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. To celebrate and anticipate this coming, we light the Advent candles each week leading up to Christmas. May we pray. Father, thank you for sending the light of your Son into the darkness of our world. Help us to walk in his light. We ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate our hearts so that we might know you and glorify you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are uh, continuing our series, our little short series called God Within Us. It's a play off of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, when, when the prophet was, was told that, Behold, the virgin will be with child, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Well, Christ came. He rose again. He ascended into heaven, and he has sent his spirit, and that spirit indwells us. So it is not just God with us, it's God within us. And so uh, I want to encourage you to be uh, as uh, a part of this series as you can. And one of the ways you can do that, if you're not already, is to sign up for our weekly devotional text Advent 21 to the number 94253, and you'll receive a weekly devotional, not every day, but every Wednesday, a new edition of that will come out. So what we've been looking at is the bookends of the Gospel of Matthew. On the beginning of Matthew, you have the promise where, where the angel quotes to Joseph, Isaiah seven fourteen, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And at the, latter, uh, the last part of Matthew, you have the ascension of Christ, where he tells his, his disciples to go and make more disciples, baptize in the name of the Father, the, hun, the, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach and observe always everything that I've commanded, and behold, I'm with you always. So you see this bookend of, of Jesus coming, God with us, Jesus ascending, God with us. And, and the question is, how do you and I, as followers of Christ, how do we experience that, the presence and the power and the personality of Christ. How do we experience that on a day-to-day basis? That's, that's what Jesus is promising. He says, listen, I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. You're not just going to read about me. You're going to experience me. How? How? That's what we've been looking at. So we looked at the introduction to the Holy Spirit. All of that occurs by the giving and the receiving and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. So the first sermon we looked at was, well, who is the Holy Spirit? So if you missed that, you can go back online and you can, you can pick that up. Last week, we looked at the promise of the the outpouring of the Spirit on the church, the giving of the Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit. This morning, we're going to look at the command. This is our part. We have to obey the command to be filled with the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the giving of your Son. 
Thank you for the ascension of your son and the giving of the spirit. Thank you that the spirit has inspired the word of God that we have before us. And I pray, spirit, that you would help us to understand and apply your word. Uh, Help me to preach in the power of the spirit that Christ might be exalted, that I might decrease and that he might increase. Lord, accomplish your purpose. Spirit, uh, work in hearts, warm hearts that are cold, soften hearts that are hard, and heal hearts that are wounded this morning. Jesus, that's your job, and only through the power of the Spirit can that be done. So we submit ourselves to you and our time this morning. Uh, Spirit, fill us uh, to the glory of the Son. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so three things we're going to look at. Number one, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? I mean, you read that. Paul commands it, be filled with the Spirit. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? And then secondly... If we are filled with the Spirit, what does that then lead to? What does it produce? What happens if a person is filled with the Spirit? And the third question is, well, how can I be filled with the Spirit? Just a short disclaimer, we're going to open that at the end of the service and continue that next week. So we're not going to, we're just going to get started on that third one, but we'll, we'll get, we'll begin with it. So Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, as the scripture read, and don't get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but fill, be filled with the Spirit. So let's start. Well, what is that? What is it? What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Well, first of all, if you were here last week, it's related to, it's related to, but it isn't the baptism of the Spirit. They're, they're related, closely related, but they're, but they're not one and the same. So just by way of review, go back to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, and you take a look at verse 4. This is before Jesus ascended. And he tells the apostles in verse 4, while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. And here's what he said. He said, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus says, you are all my disciples. You're going to pray. You're going to wait. And I'm going to baptize you with the Spirit. So let's fast forward to the not many days from now. So jump ahead to Acts chapter 2. We looked at this last week. And in verse 4, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So they were all baptized. And what's the result of being baptized? They were filled. So baptism literally means to immerse into. That's what the word means, to be immerse into. So they're immersed into the Holy Spirit. And as a result, they were what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you take a cup and you have a basin of water, you take that cup and you baptize it into the basin of water. And then you take that cup out of the water. What is it now filled with? Water. So the baptism happened once. Now you can walk away from the tub, and what are you filled with? You're, you're filled with, the cup's filled with water. So the, the, the being filled is the result of the baptism. So they're related, but they're not the same. They're related, but they're not the same. And he, here's why they're, they're not the same. Because you can be filled again and again and again. But the baptism was a one-time event. And here's just a couple examples. So they're baptized in the Spirit, and as a result, they're filled. Chapter 2, verse 4. But then again, in verse, chapter 4, verse 8, chapter 4, verse 31, and later, and there's other examples in the book of Acts, you see this repeated clause, and they were filled with the Spirit. And they were filled with the Spirit. Just turn to your Bibles in Acts chapter 4, just for one example. So the believers are all praying for boldness. The, the Pharisees are hot on their tails. They're, they want to silence Peter. They want to silence John. They want to silence the apostles. So they're praying for boldness. And verse 29, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak the word of God 
with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of our name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place uh, which they were gathered together was shaken and they were what? Filled with the Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So this filling with the Spirit leads to uh, the demonstration and the declaration of God's power. Demonstration and declaration of, of, the, of, uh, of the gospel. This is what, what it does. So you can be filled again and again and again. So they were filled at Pentecost and they were filled again later. And you see this filling happening over and over again. And here's the thing. Why does Paul command to continue to be filled with the Spirit? Because there's times we're not. There's times we're not. So turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. If you receive a letter like this from an apostle and you have to read it to your congregation, it kind of feels awkward. You think the whole be on time thing was awkward? Let's take a look at chapter 3 in 1 Corinthians. But brothers, I, I can't address you as spiritual people. That's a problem. And that now when we hear the word spiritual people in our our genre in our in our generation, we our Americans tend to think of oh, I'm very spiritual. It means I believe in God or I believe in uh, the spirit world. That's not what being spiritual means. The word being spiritual here, when he says I can't address you as spiritual people, it literally means I can't address you as one filled with the Spirit. Now, who's he talking to? Christians. He says, but I can't address you as, as spiritual people. But as people of the flesh, infants in Christ. So are they in Christ? Yes. But what are they ruled by, according to to the passage there? The flesh. It means that they're ruled by their natural desires. They're not controlled by the Spirit. They're not spiritual people. They're not filled with the Spirit. They're controlled by the flesh. And and, and he gives gives a little more commentary. He he says... um, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you weren't ready for it. And even now you're not ready, for you're still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? So what does it mean to be in the flesh? It means you're just acting merely human. But you're more than human. If the Holy Spirit indwells you, you have the power of the risen Savior within you. But you can act contrary to that. Does that make sense? Hence, Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. Because you might not be, even though you're in Christ. So, to be baptized in the Spirit is the initial, I came to Jesus, I received the Holy Spirit, and as a result, I was filled. And then, next week, I started to act out in the flesh... I still have the Spirit, but I'm not acting according to the Spirit. Therefore, I'm acting according to the flesh. Still have the Spirit, but it's not controlling me. Being filled with the Spirit is an ongoing command. So let's take a look at the passage here. Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Paul says um, in verse 18, Do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, D.L. Moody, a very famous evangelist, um, just after the Civil War, millions of people came to Christ through his preaching. 
in, in America and also Europe. And he was always talking about, you need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit. And someone after a service said, why do you always talk about being needed to be filled with the Spirit? And he says, Madam, I say we need to be filled with the Spirit because I leak. Now, let's think about that. Let's think about that. What does that mean? What does that mean? Um, You can't have more of the Spirit technically than you already have. Why? Because the Spirit's not a substance. So you can have a cup of water, or you can have a a quart of water, or you can have a gallon of water. When, when you take your, your car to the service station or, or you check the oil, you, you pull the dipstick out, and it's like, oh, I'm a quart low. So you put an extra quart of oil into your engine. And if you don't, your engine will eventually seize up, right? So you can pull the dipstick out and say a quart low. So th- here's what Paul's not saying. Pull the dipstick out of your heart. Let's look at like a quart low of the Spirit. Need another quart of the Spirit. I'm a quart low. That's not how it works. The Spirit's not a substance. You can't have a, a gallon of the Spirit. You can't have a quart of the Spirit. The Spirit is a person. Either you have Him or you don't. Make sense? Either you have Him or you don't. So they're not, wait a minute. Well, if that's the case, why does Paul say we need to be filled? And why does D.L. Moody say we leak? Because how do I lose part of the Spirit? You don't. Then what are they talking about? It's a fair question. So here's here's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the way that the New Testament authors use the word filled. Because if you understand how they use the word filled in other contexts, then when you hear the phrase, be filled with the Spirit, you'll go, Oh, it makes sense now. So let's take a look. These won't be on the, on the PowerPoint, but just a few examples. There's lots. Just, just in a cherry pick a few. So in Luke chapter 2, when the angel comes and presents himself, the angels come and present themselves to the shepherds, what do the shepherds do? They're what? They're afraid. Verse 2 of Luke 2, or ch- chapter 2, verse 9, the shepherds were filled with fear. Luke records that the Holy Spirit and the glory of the Lord shone all around them and the shepherds were filled with fear. When a person is filled with fear, what does that mean? It means they're paralyzed by fear. The shepherds quake. The shepherds drop to their knees. The shepherds cease from being able to function. Why? Because they're filled with fear. Now the angel says, fear not. So that fear subsides and they're able to now listen. They're able to function. But that fear initially, it grips them, it fills them. They were filled with fear and it paralyzes them. Another context in Luke chapter 6, verse 11. Jesus is in the synagogue and, and there's a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees were looking to see if he was going to heal him. And sure enough, Jesus has compassion on the man and heals him on the Sabbath. And Luke 6, verse 11 says, The Pharisees, the Pharisees, <laughs> that's, that's chapter 2, verse 9, fear. The Pharisees were filled with fury. And that being filled with fury led to them plotting to see what they could do to Jesus. It led them to plot to take Jesus' life. How many of you have ever been filled with rage? Anyone? Just, just a few of us. I know what it means to be filled with rage. When I have been in the past filled with rage, it changes my whole being. 
I am consumed. I see, when we're filled with rage, we quote-unquote see red. In other words, it filters the way we see and process everything. A physiological change comes over me. I get tense. My veins pop out. My voice elevates. You say, well, Brooks, that's what happens every Sunday when you preach. Fair. Not all throughout the sermon, but at different points. But, but that's what it means to be filled with rage. And bad things happen. Bad things happen. And then the text that we're looking at, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul says, Don't be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, it's interesting. He's comparing and contrasting being drunk with being filled with the Spirit because they're alike, but they're totally different. So, wine is a spirit. You've heard that phrase that alcohol is, is often referred to as a spirit. Why do you suppose that's so? Because when you're possessed by said spirit and you're under the influence, bad things happen. Right? So if you get pulled over and you're under the influence, not of the Holy Spirit, but a spirit that you put into your body, they send you to jail. Because you can't control your vehicle. You don't control your tongue. You don't control your mouth. You don't control your sexuality. There's all sorts of things you lose control of when you're drunk. That's why he says it's debauchery. Contrast that with Paul says, so don't, don't be filled with spirits, as in alcohol, wine, but instead be filled with the spirit. Be filled with it. In other words, what's Paul saying? To be filled with the spirit means to be under the influence. That's what it means. That's it. It's not a mystery. It means to be complete. When I'm filled with rage, I'm under the influence. I'm, it controls me. When I'm filled with fear, fear controls me. If you're filled with alcohol, the, the, you lose control. You lose self-control and you are acting completely in the flesh. Paul says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. It doesn't mean get another quart. It doesn't mean get another gallon. It means to be under the influence, to, to be completely controlled by. So that... That should take the mystery out of the phrase, be filled with the Spirit. Because it is confusing. It's like, how can you be, have part of the Spirit and I need more of the Spirit? Do I get? No, you never get more. You have all. It means to be completely controlled and yielded to. Yielded to. That's what the Spirit does. So to be filled with the Spirit is to be under the complete control or the influence. That's what it means. So that's what it is. That's what it is. Now, here's what the Spirit does. When the Spirit of truth comes, Jesus speaking, before he sent the Spirit, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare to you. So what does the Holy Spirit do? When you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit, here's here's what goes on. Here's what goes on. He takes our chin and he lifts it. He takes our eyes and he lifts them. He puts before us the beauty, the majesty, the holiness, the compassion, the mercy, the humanity, the divinity, and the beauty of the person of Christ. 
And when you see who Jesus is because the Spirit is showing you, you are utterly transformed. And like the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, I am compelled by the love of God. Why? Because he is filled with the Spirit and the Spirit is bringing to consciousness the person, the beauty of Jesus. And when we see that, we cannot help but be moved by that. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Now, what does it lead to? What does it lead to? So Paul says, don't get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit. And then he lists out some things which follow. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. When I first started coming to grace in 1988, I was not a Christian. Now, I was listening to the Word of God preach, and the, the pastor would open the Bible and he would teach, and I would be drawn in. So I was, I was hanging on every word, and I loved it. I was just eating it up, and I was like, oh, this is awesome, and I, I'd never heard it before. But I remember I would leave and I would talk to my girlfriend who's now my wife and I'm like, but why do we have to sing? Why do we have to sing? I hated it. Why? Because I was a pagan. The Holy Spirit didn't, hadn't taken up resident in my heart. Part of being filled with the Spirit means that you sing. Some of you are like, I don't like where this is going. It doesn't matter what you like. My job is not here to, to stroke you and pet you and make you feel good about the fact that you don't like to sing. If the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to the beauty and majesty of who Jesus is, it prompts you to open your mouth and sing. There is no promise that the Holy Spirit gives you the gift of music. He does for some, but not for all. But we are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Hence, that leads to praise. That leads to praise. To sing spiritual songs, making melody to the Lord with your heart. You say, well, I don't like the way that this church... Again, it doesn't matter what you like. It really doesn't. There are all sorts of different cultures with different styles of music. I have worshipped in Mexico. I have worshipped in South Africa. Their music is very different. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just sing. And if you refuse to sing, what is that an indication of? You might not be filled with the Spirit. Some of you are like, I don't like you anymore. Well, I'm not running for mayor. So let's look at the next one. (laughs) So giving thanks always for everything to the Lord God, the Father, in the name of our Lord. It leads to giving thanks. When? When? Always. Always. For everything. For everything. That's not easy. So last week, I go to bed, and my sciatic is firing up. And it's starting to hurt from here to here, and I start, I'm, I'm getting anxious. My mind is going in a dark place. Am I going to be back on my back? Am I going to need surgery again? Blah, 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 blah. And so I get up and I go downstairs and I open my Bible to Philippians chapter 4 where Paul says, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. And I begin to write out all the things that I'm thankful for. 
all the things that God did while I was on my back, all the things that God has done while I was on my back, all the ways that God was faithful, and it reminded me that he's faithful then, he's faithful now, and he's going to be faithful tomorrow, whether I ever am on my back or walking or not. And I was filled with peace, and I went to sleep. And it was not easy, but I had to make a conscious decision to, to fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. And consequently, I was filled with the Spirit, and I stopped worrying about stuff I can't control. We can't control our circumstances. And let's, let's move on. What's, what else? Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So another aspect of being filled with the Spirit is it leads to reconciled relationships. What does Jesus, Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, he says, don't consider yourself more highly than you ought to think, but think of yourself with sober judgment, considering the needs of others more important than your own. In other words, you defer for the good of others, submitting yourselves one to another. That means, husbands, you submit to your wives at times for their good. And that just means you defer your preference for their building up. And then, of course, that's reciprocated in verse 22, which says husband or wives submit to your husband, so forth and so on. So there's mutual submission. It means that you submit to your authorities. It means that you submit to... It just means that, it means that there's relational harmony. You're not vying for your own way all the time. When you're ruled by the flesh, of course you want your own way. That's, that's what it means to be ruled by the flesh. Some other things which are not listed here in this verse, but elsewhere, it leads to service. When you're submitting yourself one to another, you seek to build up. You seek the good of other people. That's just what it means to love. So you seek to serve them. And the Holy Spirit's given you gifts so that you can serve other people. It leads to sanctification. It means that Christ is formed in us. It means that Christ is formed in us. Okay. Just push pause right here. What fills you? Or what are you filled with right now? Another way to ask that is, what controls you? What consumes your thought process? Because that's what you're filled with. I didn't ask if you had the Holy Spirit. I didn't ask if you are a Christian. That's a related question. I'm asking you, what controls your heart? What drives you? That's what you're filled with. That's what you're filled with. So yesterday, um, Stacy and I are getting the kitchen ready. We're making a bunch of potatoes for the downtown church, baked potatoes. And so I'm pushing all this stuff off the counter, and I have, I have a cup of coffee that's at the end of the counter. And so I'm pushing all this stuff to make room, and all of a sudden, clank! And I just, I, my, here's what I, here's, here was my reaction. Ah, such an idiot. And Stacy's laughing, and she's like, you are an idiot. You know, we're just having, and I cleaned it up, and I laughed. I guarantee you, two years ago, that's not how I would have responded. I would have become instantly filled with rage. And, and my wife would have been stressed, and we would have had a fight. So I was a Christian two years ago. Some of you were like, Gosh, I hope so. I've been coming to grace for a long time, <laughs> right? 
But there were times when I would allow myself to be controlled by something other than the Spirit. So I want you, if, if you feel like you're not controlled by the Spirit, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that don't feel that. So the question is, how can I be filled? Now, like I said, this is, we're going to open with this and, and lead with it and go with it t- next week. So this is just the beginning here, but it starts with just be presenting yourself. Paul says, therefore, brothers, in view of God's mercy, present yourself as a living, sa- present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Here's the thing. Our bodies are the temple of what? The Holy Spirit. So what Paul is saying here is just present yourself. Present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That's your spiritual act of worship. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world anymore, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there has to be a presentation of yourself to God where you say, Lord, use my mouth, use my hands to serve others, use my feet. You tell my feet where to go and my feet are going to obey because I'm going to tell them to obey. Lord, fill me, fill me. And, and the reference here in Luke chapter 11, they're, 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 they're confused on how to pray. And Paul says, listen, you, although you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more the father? If you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. If you ask for a fish, he's not going to give you a scorpion or a snake. How much more the father? So ask and he will give you the Holy Spirit. So if you're not filled, ask. That's what Moody was talking about. Ask. After the first service, um, the elders got to meet with a, with a troubled man. He, uh, he's, he's a Marine, served in Iraq, served in Afghanistan. He suffers from PTSD. He suffers from Gulf War Syndrome. His body is shutting down. And he's just a mess physically and emotionally. And so we met with him and and in the spirit of James chapter 5, just said, share your heart. And he shared his heart and he says, I've been a warrior all my life, but I've been fighting the wrong battles. I held my comrade in my arms and he bled out and I've been carrying his dog tag for 10 years. I can't carry it anymore. I've been filled with rage I've been filled with fear. I've been filled with anxiety and I've been filled with alcohol. I've been filled with everything and I can't carry that anymore. And so we prayed over him as he presented himself, his body to the Lord and asked to be filled with a different kind of spirit, asked to have his rage taken away and given peace. But there has to be a conscious decision to say, Lord, here I am, fill me. Now, your life might be as, not as chaotic and dramatic as that. But you need the same Spirit. And that same Spirit is promised to each and every one of us. So I'm going to close this sermon with a prayer. It's, it's a prayer that Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he commands us to be filled with the Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 3, he stops mid-letter with the exhortation, and he just prays, and he writes out his prayer. So I'm going to pray that, because he prays for them to be filled. So let's pray. This is 
Ephesians 3, starting in 14. For this reason, Lord, we bow our knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches, Lord, of your glory, that you would grant us to be strengthened with power through your Spirit in our inner being, so that Christ might dwell in our hearts through faith, that we being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that we might be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly and all we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.